Hello and welcome to Plotris. This is Meg. This is Lane. And today we are continuing our romance adjacent feature by reviewing A Conspiracy in Belgravia by Sherry Thomas. So this is the second book in the Lady Sherlock series. We reviewed the last one last month. And before we continue with anything in this review at all, we want to tell you to stop listening. This is like major spoiler alert. You cannot talk about this book without talking about the first one. Right, so we will not spoil a conspiracy in Belgravia during this review, but we are not going to hold back about discussion of a study in Scarlet Women. Because, you, I mean, we can't talk about the second book without talking about the events of the first. So while this series is very um, encapsulated by book in terms of the mystery, the interpersonal dynamics are really building off of one another. Yeah. And so there's just no way to talk about even the mystery without spoiling some of the interpersonal stuff from book one. Exactly. And this is the same even for the book jacket. Like I remember Elaine read the book jacket for the second book, not too bad because she had read the first one, but then she read the book jacket for the third book. After and it was, only reading the first book. And, and she it, was like, what? You know, she already knew what was going to happen by the end of the second. So even be careful even when you're getting the book out from the library or buying it on Amazon or whatever you do. Yeah, do not read these book jackets yep. until you are done with the previous book. Exactly. All right, so with that said, what is in this book jacket? Well, let's start. Being shunned by society gives Charlotte Holmes the time and freedom to put her extraordinary powers of deduction to good use. As Sherlock Holmes' consulting detective, aided by the capable Mrs. Watson, she's had great success helping with all manner of inquiries, but she's not prepared for the new client who arrives at her upper Baker Street office. Lady Ingram, wife of Charlotte's dear friend and benefactor, wants Sherlock Holmes to find her first love, who failed to show up at their annual rendezvous. Matters of loyalty and discretion aside, the case becomes even more personal for Charlotte as the missing man is none other than Myron Finch, her illegitimate half-brother. In the meanwhile, Charlotte wrestles with a surprising proposal of marriage, a mysterious stranger woos her sister Livia, and an unidentified body surfaces where least expected. Charlotte's investigative prowess is challenged as never before. Can she find her brother in time, or will he too end up as a nameless corpse somewhere in the belly of London? Yes. <laughs> It's so good, Lane. It's so good. It's so good, Meg. Okay. Oh my gosh. So this book jacket is excellent. It is really good. This it, book jacket is great. It absolutely sets the tone of what's going on. Yeah. I mean, I laugh at the Lady Ingram, the wife of Charlotte's dear friend and benefactor. It's yeah. like, yeah, that's what he is. Yeah. I mean, I think she, I think things would be easier for both of them if that's all he were, but it's not. So... Just to dive right in with um, the plot as a whole before we dive into the romance adjacent aspects of this novel. Yeah. So there's a couple of mysteries. Yes. That are driving this one forward. And in true Sherlock Holmes style, they're all a little bit more in interconnected than yes. Sherlock initially realizes. Yes. So the first is Lady Ingram looking for this lost love who is also Charlotte's brother. Yes, yeah, so that is that's the I would say like the the main mystery that there's that that's the mystery, the fronting mystery. Yes, right. And then there's a couple of mysteries that branch out from that, 
the clear one being, well, then what happened to the brother? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And investigating that leads down some trails. The secondary mystery um, happens to be part of Charlotte's proposal. Yes. So Charlotte, the surprising proposal of marriage, I'm going to spoil it because... It's very early. In fact, I think it's at the end of the first one if you have an edition that has the next chapter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is from Lord Ingram's brother... Bancroft. Bancroft. Now, this is not the first time he's proposed to Charlotte. No, it is not. It is the first time that he's proposed to her uh, after she has been ruined in the eyes of society. So it's completely surprising for that fact. So Bancroft... Um, similar to Mycroft in the original Sherlock Holmes books, works for the the British government. So he works for the crown. And he does occasionally solicit Ingram's help as a spy. Yeah. Yes. I'm fanning myself. (laughs) He's a a very um, sexy spy in my mind. Absolutely. Yeah. Debonair. Not James Bondish. No. Like... Archaeologist is a convenient for pre- profession for someone wanting to infiltrate other governments. Yes, and you may not know this about Lane. Um, we have mentioned it in previous podcasts, but um, Lane is a real sucker for archaeology. You guys, you can't even know. Yeah. You can't even know. <laughs> so the fact that Ingram's cover story is that he's an archaeologist, and it's not even really a cover because he does search for relics and things like that. Like, it is... It's it hits all of Lane's yes points. He is particularly designed to ruin my life. <laughs> right, that's how I'll put it. So uh, uh, he's so Bancroft's proposed previously, but this time he decides to do so because he's been impressed with her intellectual prowess, mm-hmm. solving the first mystery yes. and setting herself up as independent. And and this time he doesn't just propose, but he decides to woo her. And the way he woos her is by giving her puzzles to solve. And I would actually argue there's two ways he's wooing her. Mm-hmm. One is through these puzzles, mm-hmm. which then lead to the secondary mysteries. But the other is by accepting, uh, in large part, what she's doing as Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. He's not inclined to let her continue on as a consulting detective, but his point is he has plenty of mysteries as an agent of the government that he would absolutely solicit her opinion and assist in. Exactly. And her friendship with Mrs. John Watson, it's revealed in the first book, was actually started based on a ploy of Lord Ingram's, who was trying to keep her safe. Yeah. And um, she's afraid that because Miss Watson, for reasons of her own past, is not polite company, Mm -hmm. that she'll be asked to give up these friendships. And he makes it clear that while they might not be appearing in society together, he has no problem if they stay close. Exactly. So he shows more understanding of her than she's ever seen from a male suitor before. Yeah. And so she's she's really feels like she should be seriously considering this proposal. Added to that, Ingram is even... I don't... Encouraging her to at least consider the proposal. And in fact, Ingram has encouraged Bancroft to propose. No. Ish. He has. He did. He explicitly said not to. Mm, he said that Charlotte would be like a good wife. You right. know? So, so like, he's, he's approving of this match. Right. So when he said not to propose, it's not because he didn't want them to get married. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry for the disagreement, but we were coming from the same place. It's also... it's. We're going to do that annoying thing where we have to dance around some plot points because yeah, yeah. we just don't want to spoil it so badly. We'll talk about it in the next um, review. Yes. Okay. 
So basically, she starts solving these puzzles from Mycroft. And from, from Bancroft, Bancroft sorry, mm -hmm. from Bancroft. And that leads her and Ingram, who go investigating the source of one of these puzzles, yeah. to discover a body. Right. So they discover this body, and then, of course, they discover that it's somehow related to um, uh, the the big baddie. I don't think I'm going to spoil anything when I say that person's name is Moriarty. Yeah, so it's, it's the Moriarty of this book, and Moriarty's name happens to remain Moriarty. Moriarty. Uh, so not not a big surprise, but but the book then revolves around like what are the are these mysteries interconnected? Who is Myron? So Myron is um, Charlotte and Livia's illegitimate brother, but who is he? Where is he? What is he doing? Um, is he really doing what they think he's doing? Is he involved in this mystery? Uh, I mean, we just she's got to unravel this and figure it out. Yes. So there's plenty of layers going on here, and I also think what Cherry Thomas does particularly well is while the mysteries truly are standalones, mm -hmm. they are interconnected. Yes, they So are. while the first mystery in A Study in Scarlet Women is completely solved by the end, you learn things about the tie some of the people in that book had to Moriarty. Yeah. That yeah. tie the wider mysteries together. Right. Um, so overall, I thought the mystery in this one was actually really great. Um, I thought the mystery was well done. I thought it had a lot of moving parts. I'm going to be honest, I was confused mm -hmm. a lot. But that's not necessarily bad in a mystery. Like, I was telling Lane yesterday that when I have read mysteries in the past where I actually do figure out who the murderer is, or, you know, whatever the mystery is, when I figure out who it is, I actually enjoy the book a little bit less because then I get really frustrated with the detective by not knowing. And I'm like, oh, really? Like, I figured this out 50 pages ago. Why can't you figure it out? But I feel like most Sherlock Holmes books, you're not actually meant to solve the no. mystery. You're supposed to follow along. And so yeah. I think Sherry Thomas does particularly well with this mystery. Meg's right. It has a lot of moving parts and can be confusing. Is the degree to which the mysteries are tied into their personal lives. Yeah. Like, this one especially. Yes. Which I think we need to talk a little bit about Ingram and his wife. Y uh, yeah. I mean, so Ingram and his wife are... They are estranged emotionally. They do live in the same house together. She is the mother of his children, and she's a good mother, um, in his opinion. And so he doesn't want to divorce. Um, in fact, there's no grounds for divorce. Uh, back then, you had to prove um, infidelity or abandonment. Uh, so he can't divorce her, and, but he doesn't, he's not planning on it anyway. But there is more than just a lack of love. Yeah. They have begun actively disliking each other. Oh, yes. They have gone beyond be and beginning. And they are staying in separate rooms. Yeah. They have not had marital intimacy yeah. in a very long time. Mm -hmm. And in fact, they are effectively separated in that they have a schedule of who gets to see the kids when. They do mm -hmm. their best not to overlap. At most, they say a passing hello in the hallway. Right. Or a little biting remark about Charlotte. Yes. On, on the part of Lady Ingram. Like she, she's... She... She knows that there are feelings there, and she can't resist digging it in that he can't be with Charlotte. But lest, dear listener, you worry that this means Lord Ingram has been unfaithful. It does not. Uh, no. He takes his marriage vows to his loveless marriage very seriously and still puts on a show for his wife in public. He's can, known for the lavish birthday balls he falls at the, he throws for her. Can you can you tell that Lane and I just love this? Oh my god, Lord Ingram is like 
Amazing. And best. This is to go back and quote the hating game, but I'm just picturing painfully celibate Lord Ingram. Yeah. Whose best friend, who has jumped him at the end of the first book, uh-huh. is Charlotte Holmes, uh-huh. who is like walking sex to him. Yeah. And she's not making herself hard to get. Like she has said, if you want me to stop being a consulting detective, make me your mistress. Or even, I will stay a consulting detective and be your mistress. Let's do this. And and he and he is so honorable that he will not. Oh, I, th- this is. I'm sorry. This is like we both just love this. This is just amazing. Well, and it's also because you know, and I don't think I'm saying I'm spoiling much about the future. You know that. It's the long game. You're oh, just is. watching Charlotte and Ingram's resistance slowly chip away. Yeah. And that kiss when she jumps him at the end of the first book is intoxicating. It's great. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. When she's kind of figured out that he was more in on it than she even knew, like uh-huh. her being saved from her situation, the mutual respect... Like, you just can tell they both just crack mm-hmm. in a way that is mind-blowing. It's Guys, it's great. It's just, just really good. Really and good. So this whole book there, that has happened. Yeah. Her brother is courting her. His brother, His is, brother courting is courting her. her. Yes. And the other thing I do want to talk about a little bit, and this isn't really plot-centric, one of the other ways Bancroft has courted her previously was buying a house and decorates it in what he feels like is her taste. And she intentionally dresses to play up her, volu- her voluptuous figure and femininity. And she's found she sort of likes oh. bows and gems and tassels. And, and so Charlotte Holmes, if you were imagining, so Sherlock Holmes is notoriously austere in his style. Stayed. Right? Charlotte Holmes is absolutely not. She is a confection, a five-tier cake. Perfect word. Great. It's just great. She is. And he. so he designs this house. It looks like, like she literally, I think she says something like, it looks like a bordello exploded inside this house. Like and it she is. Like, it's simultaneously too much and she doesn't hate it. Yeah. <laughs> it's so great. So she, they have all these secret meetings in this like bordello looking house. Yes. This this house that's like an explosion of like pink and purple. And I, I don't know. I'm just, ima- like this wouldn't happen then, but I'm imagining like zebra print and leopard print like all in the same room with a tiger skin rug. You know what I mean? And like probably rhinestones on more than nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. And beaded pillows. Bows on all the curtains. Like antimacassars everywhere. Like the equivalent of a bed with like 95 throw pillows. Yeah, a round bed. A round bed. With a, with a velvet velour um, comforter with 20 million pillows. And some of them are in the shape of hearts. And this house makes regular appearances in the series, and I it's, just love it's it great. so It's much. really good, guys. It's really good. Um, so I actually want to go back to something Lane was saying about how the mystery it serves their relationship. And so this is something that I think is kind of interesting, and I would say this is, makes it a little bit romance-adjacent. So like in a romance novel, the sex and the physical intimacy is what you use to like deepen the relationship. And in this book, they're using, or Sherry Thomas, I should say, uses the mystery to serve that role. Right. So I also think that like their intellectual connection is based on this like romantic or intimate connection as well, which makes it very sexy, even when all they're doing is solving a, some kind of crime. Well, and this is alluded to in the book jacket. 
Charlotte's very conflicted, mm-hmm. working for Lady Ingram to help Lady Ingram find her brother and maintaining the equivalent of detective client confidentiality Mm -hmm. while working with Ingram on this secondary government-based mystery is really hard for her. And I don't think it's much of a spoiler to say when he eventually finds out she's been keeping things from him, that conversation and then the follow-up one are perfect. Yeah. Like, you want to talk about relationship building? Like, they're not even interacting for the parts where she's working with his wife. Mm -hmm. And yet, he's still the first person she calls when she needs an accomplice. You know, he's still the person who's foremost in her mind. The way she, like, thinks about him, especially given the context of her being on the spectrum, Mm -hmm. is so romantic. Yeah. Like, big R romantic. it's, it's It's just really, really good. It's really good. Um, and then these, so these novels, they're not romance, they're not romance novels in the sense that there's a couple that at the end of the book, they're going to get together and have a happily ever after. Cause that, that just can't happen with Lord Ingram married to Lady Ingram. Like, and being perfect and noble and perfect. Right. But I mean, even if, even if he weren't noble and perfect and they did get together and she was his mistress, there still would be this, you know, right. This issue, you know? So, um, regardless, there's no happily ever after in sight for them. And yet. And can I just do like the smallest spoiler of all spoilers? Uh, I mean, guys, this is a spoiler at the end, so um, turn it off now if you don't want it, but. She's got this magnifying glass (laughs) that he gave her as a gift a while ago. Oh gosh, And it's revealed in a very wonderful way that the weird sort of stone inlaid in the bottom of her magnifying glass is from the ruin where they had their first kiss as children. Yeah. Be uh, still, my heart. It's like really... And she, they don't... They never mention it. Until like she's using it in one random scene. Yeah, and but like they don't... When they talk about it, they don't talk about the significance of it. Right. You know? She just happens to keep it with her and use it in her investigations. At all times. Ugh. Oh. This, this book is really great. Wonderful follow-up from the first. Also, we didn't talk about him at all, but I'll mention it very briefly, but Treadles, again, he's back in the book. He has a, is having a really hard time assimilating Charlotte. He's a little bit more of an afterthought in this one than he was yes. in the first. But I still felt like when he appeared, he was well-utilized. Yes. But if what you're reading this for is the primary mystery, I could see how some of his scenes would take you out of it a little bit. Yeah. But his emotional personal growth continues yes in this book so I want to mention that Treadles is he is present in this book and then he becomes a bigger player in the next one so yes there's a reason to keep him on the page yeah please read this book you guys it's great I love we it so cannot much. we cannot read the first one read this one and then you will be ready for the next one I think I loved all three of these that are out mm-hmm. so far and even I think the third one is unquestionably the best. Oh, like, and but you need the first two to get there because it's the build off that makes the yeah. payoff so the build up that makes the payoff so worth it. Yeah. But like I was gonna say, like you like you wanna read the third one because it's a, it's great. It is like really, really amazing. An amazing book. But you cannot read it without having read the first and second. So do it. Do it. Do it quickly. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. We had a really good time talking about a conspiracy in Belgravia by Sherry Thomas. 
um, and I'm sure we'll, I don't know what we're talking about next time, but I'm sure it will be really fun. Our keyword, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so as always, if you guys could rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, we would greatly appreciate it. And have a wonderful day. Good reading. Pick up a Conspiracy of Belgravia tomorrow.